magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Did you just write that? Yeah, I just wrote that. Oh, so good. I need to channel some of that when I sing my energy report. So I've really lost it for that. <laughs> Anywho, it's nice to be laughing. I have a kind of I feel like it's been kind of a heavy week for me energetically. Yeah, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm, to you. Yeah. Um <laughs> to you personally. Mm-hmm. Um and I was listening to this astrology thing and she was actually saying that um it made me feel a little bit validated because she was like, this week, last week has felt kind of heavy, like things are heavy and like this week things are starting to lift. And I was like, oh, okay. So, because I kept wondering, is the astrology? But anyway, so but you didn't feel that. Well, I did feel a lot of stuff, just a lot. Like I wouldn't, oh, okay. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going through so much. This is hard. It wasn't hard necessarily. I mean, mm-hmm. there were hard things about it, but it was more like, interesting i don't know i got i got my last shot my second shot last weekend yay Yay. Uh, but that brought up a lot of feelings like just so many feelings and like i i I couldn't explain it like ted and i were in the car together and i was feeling weird and bad and tense and then i cried but it wasn't like deep sadness it was just like frustration but sometimes it was sadness and instead of like I thought I would just be happy but then I felt all because it was I think just a lot of emotions from the pandemic in general like this has been such a long time and it's been so weird and we've gotten so used to it just to feel that change I think but what's weird is that I feel like that's how I was feeling but I didn't get my shot like it just felt kind of like weird and like not sad but not like yeah like yeah what you just described it felt just kind of like interesting yeah I think well maybe then after I passed through that initial feeling Mm -hmm. then I maybe mine was tempered by being happy that I got my second shot (laughs) like there was that but there were a lot of other feelings too so let's talk about the cards too so we can frame what we're talking about um, based on but what also, the cards we drew. Actually, yeah, but also I feel bad because we forgot. I didn't mention up top this episode we're going to be speaking to the Glam Witch. Which yeah, really Michael Herkes. Yes. Yes, so. I'm so excited to talk to him. We have not spoken to him yet when we're recording this. So yes, um, we true. don't know what happens in the interview have, yet, but we're looking we forward no to idea. it. And neither do you at this point, listeners. Nobody knows. None of us know. (laughs) We're in that same boat. Um, So So last week, week, yes. yes. So if you're new to the podcast, this is when we talk about the cards we drew last week and how they related to our week. And I drew Pansy from Magic of Flowers Oracle, which is something about thoughts, something about. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it was about like looking at your thoughts. And the I could you look drew at it right now if you want spirit quartz 
from the Crystal Spirits Oracle, and that was about community. Oh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what we experienced, I mean, definitely thoughts were a part of it because I was. So another thing that happened after I got the shot was that I, st- I talked about this in my weekly card reading on Instagram that I also started worrying about random things. Like that doesn't oh. happen to me a lot, but sometimes yeah. I'm just like, oh no, like my, is my website secure? And like, oh. why, why did so many, like, well, I know why so many people unfollowed me because they were anti-vaxxers, <laughs> but, mm. but I mean, then I got worried about that All and right. I was just feeling like this general sense of unease and anxiety. And then I was, but, but then I was also like, can I just stop worrying about that? What if I just stop worrying? Like, what if I just mm, stop yeah, caring didn't. about that? Yeah. And then it, and then I was able to, and so that oh, was good. That's good. Well, you know, Mercury is went into Gemini on Wednesday. Oh, and that's thoughts. <sighs> so yeah. I have the hardest time during Gemini season in general because it's a lot of like, you know, like my best friends at Gemini and. Boy, she, her thoughts are just a mile a minute. Like, I mean, she can handle it. <laughs> She's also, I feel like her other stuff, like she has a Taurus moon and Leah rising, so it bounces it out. But it's still like a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time with that. And then Mercury in Mercury in Gemini is like about communication. And, you know, yeah, because Gemini and, is ruled by Mercury. Right, exactly. Oh. And so it's like all amplified right now. Oh, yeah. So I think that is interesting that you picked up on that, like even maybe like right as that was happening mm-hmm. or a couple of days before maybe. But yeah, I feel like that's that's something I'm going to talk about in the energy report is balancing some of that. And then it's going to go into retrograde. Mercury is during Gemini season, so it's staying in Gemini extra long, kind of amplifying all of that Gemini stuff. Ah. So if you're comfortable with Gemini, things are good for you. Yeah. If you're not, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's (laughs) an opportunity to get comfortable. No, if you're not, you're fucked. (laughs) So just hold away. I'm JKing. Come on. Um, yeah, so were we done with that portion? I mean, do you, so your feelings this week, I know, were you done talking about them too? Oh, well, I guess I'll just say one thing that I realized this week is, um, you know, I hope, I'll just feel like the need to say, I never think it, we're fucked. There's all these oh, tools. Right, yes. We have so many tools. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Come I on. do feel... No, I don't think out of it is the right word, but there is this a little bit of heaviness that is kind of left over. And I was doing a meditation this morning and I, I realized it's like ancestral stuff that I'm looking at and healing. Ah. Oh, and I just realized right now it is like a thought pattern ancestral yeah. thing because it's about judgment, like how like the judging of other people in my family and I do think it's a lineage thing in my family um it, it was just front and center like oh yeah everybody was judged my mother used to judge like my I I'm sure she judged my friends too but she I remember her like making really mean comments about like my brother's friends oh yeah like she called one of them no neck Uh, Like, this was a kid. Yeah. You know? And, of course, she said terrible things to me, too. Like, 
I got when, you know, I mean, all the time, but I'm just thinking about physical judgments, you know. Yeah. Like I got scratched, my cat scratched me and I had to get stitches and she was like, and then I fell the next day. <laughs> Can I tell you about that? No. <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, I had like these, and they had like black stitches on me, oh. you know, and then I tripped over a bench when I was running. <laughs> And my mom was like, you better watch out or the kids at school are going to call you Scarface. Oh. And I was already, you know, in seventh grade. Yeah. Like, you're worried. And, like, it was stuff like that. It was just, like, heavy, heavy judgment yeah. stuff. And I just realized, like, how much I've been carrying the weight of that and then also, like, looking at my own stuff. Like, where do I judge people, Um, you know – I mean, I don't think I'm super judgmental, but I do think there's like an element of that there that I just like picked up on from my family. Well, plus then you would internalize it because I was, yes. I, interestingly, I was just thinking about this about my dad too, how he used to be like, that kid is funny looking, like yes. stuff like that where I'd be like, like, I mean, as an adult now I'm like, that was a weird kind of way that he set up for me to feel really afraid of being funny looking. Like, yes. what I mean, in quotes. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, whatever that is. Like, that's the rule. Like, you have to look a certain way or else you're yes. funny looking. Like, I was just thinking, that man, I really don't want to hold on to that at all anymore. And the yes. thought of a parent teaching that to a kid. So I feel like it is you know, that you internalize it too. Like maybe you're totally. rough on yourself oh. and afraid of your looking a certain way. Oh my God, Tess. I mean, when I was in, I, I, and my mom, not only that, but my mother amplified my looks. It was like the only thing that she consistently praised me for. Like that was my quality. Yeah. That was my one. And also because I was rough. super thin and she was obsessed with her own weight. And I was just <laughs> really think. It was just that I was depressed, so I didn't eat. I just didn't care about food, so yeah. I was always really thin. And um, so she always just loved that about. And then I became like not obsessed with my body, weirdly, because I just didn't care about food. Um, but like my face, I was like, would never go anywhere without makeup. Yeah, I was like so hyper aware of like, oh my, I washed. I know not to say if you wash your hair every day, it's bad. <laughs> you know, you wash your hair, every day. but like I would like st like get up in the morning and it couldn't be wet. Like I had to blow dry it before mm. school. You know, like I was so it was very hard. Yeah, very like hard on myself in that way. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I actually also wanted to bring up ancestral stuff that I've been working on too this week. And it does seem connected to both like community, because the more I've been working with my grandparents, the more it does feel like they're my friends and my oh, nice. supporters and that I'm connecting with them on at all ages, like oh, thinking of them as babies and nice. adolescents. It's so deep and so interesting. Yeah. Um, so community and thoughts. But yeah, it's been fascinating working with my grandparents. Um, this week, my grandma Dean, well, I have a candle for each of my four grandparents. And Aww. like my grandma Dean's one day was kind of sparking and making noise. So I was oh, like, wow. oh, I think you want to communicate with me like there's something you want to say so I meditated and man she just was showing me uh how sad she was in life Aww. like and, and then I just cried and cried and cried because I felt the sadness and I and I felt that she had nowhere no one to talk to about it Aww. it just wasn't like she wasn't able to be herself for just ever like for you so mean when long she was alive yeah 
Uh-huh. When she now was alive. She's okay. Now she's well, she did there was just it was like through me like how I'm a, c- a continuation of her, you know, yeah. like like through me and, and like through maybe this was healing sort of the whole line in some way. It was like those tears wanted to be shed. Like it was that uh. was what it was like Someone needed to have this cry for Grandma oh, Dean. Oh wow! It was really interesting. It was so <coughs> healing. That is so cool. I know. I wonder, like, because this is—I don't—I haven't ever read a book about ancestral healing. I only took that class from Saint Elias. Oh. But I wondered if this was a thing. Like, do people know that this sure is, that you need to have a cry sometimes? Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, he recommended the book "Working the Roots." I know. I want to read that. I, I got it, and of course. Haven't I started it yet. No. Yeah, I want to check um, it out. But yeah, and there's also I actually took. Well, I, I'm. <laughs> you know me with classes. I buy them and then I don't get to them. But that's next on my list because I did buy an ancestral class. It's hard for me because, like, you know. Well, first of all, I, my two grandparents, I never grandfathers, I never knew my mom never met her father and then so it's like part of it's like I don't even know who I'm working with and then my grandmother and my mom and my grandmother was dead from my mom when I was born so I didn't know anyone except my one grandmother and but she you, but you can know me. them oh, I mean yeah. you would know them if you started working with them oh yeah you know okay yeah and I do have they, there's very strong women on my mother's side that I am connected to that I do know and my aunt Evelyn was the only nice woman I mean she was so loving and I love her so much and think about oh, her all the time you could start with her yeah maybe I'll start with yeah. her but I did have this feeling as I was clearing out the judgment I was talking to them too you know and I, I do see them cheering me on they're like yes you're helping you yeah know, when I'm clearing out this judgment stuff yeah yeah and then I had <laughs> My grandma Cece, the the same thing. Like her her candle was um, sparking and making noise, and I was like, "Oh, Grandma Cece has something to say." And so I <laughs> took a bath, and she had oh, she just showed me so much stuff about um, and it was about um, it was about my intention to buy a house. It was like oh. she wanted to show me a lot of things, like just a lot of oh. dynamics and ways to heal my prosperity oh. consciousness and and also she was like oh and um i'm a part of you so i can come up and i can take care of part of it and you know oh, i'll nice. i'll be there if you ever need me to do anything <laughs> like it was oh really cool it's really cool that's awesome that's funny that reminds me when i was when my mom first died and my friend laura who does what i do gave me a reading um and my mom and my aunt her sister who they were never they did not my mom didn't like her but they were okay after death and um they told me this whole thing about right it was like a whole business talk like or <laughs> <laughs> I was like I bet you didn't think this was gonna go this way it was yeah. just like all this practical stuff about my writing and what yeah. how I should be handling it yeah yeah, it's so interesting. It's been fascinating. Yeah. I just love, I, I'm loving working with my grandparents. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I'm going to start. I should have a little, I like the idea of just lighting a candle for them to start even. Because mm-hmm. I did get a little turned off by that, even though I loved St. Elias. Just the Bible thing threw me off. You oh, know. I don't have a Bible. I have my, oh, you don't. Um, well, I have a picture of 
of um, Archangel Michael, but um, my Papa Harry had books about wildflowers and weeds of California, and I have his old books, so I have those on there, and I have my grandma Dean's wedding ring, and then I have like a St. Teresa of Lisieux medal, because my grandma Cece's middle name was Teresa, and she was Catholic, and like I just have stuff like that, like I have other stuff too, but... Oh, that's really nice. And I have been thinking about my tanta, that's my Aunt Evelyn, and she and I found this baby blanket she made me. I oh. cleared out the whole linen closet was it was another thing so great to clear all that out. We really needed that. And then I found my old baby blanket that she knitted for me, oh. which is so sweet. It had my birth date and everything on there. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. Maybe um, I was just thinking, should we, well, do you have anything you would like to, (laughs) To maybe we should just, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, not anything special this week. I mean, just, I would like everyone to know I have a couple of books coming out. Maybe I'll just mention those. Yeah. So I don't know when, because this is a self-published series, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my practical magic series. I have a little guide to money magic is in the works so next couple of months I think is gonna come out and then um thank you and then my full-length traditionally published book the self-love superpower comes out in September so keep an eye out for that or pre-order it yeah and then I'll just say if you want to sign up for my inner child healing class wait list I'm not sure when I'm doing (laughs) sometime (laughs) in the next couple couple to few months um, but if you want to get on the wait list, you'll be the first to know about it. And um, yeah, so you can go to my website, highestlighthealing.com, and there's a banner at the top for that. And we would also love it if you would write us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really, really, really helps our helps us get seen by people who are looking for podcasts. That's right. That's right. You said it. You said it right. (laughs) And um, also, if if you want to ask us a question, you can go to magicmondaypodcast.com and click on ask a question. Or you can email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail. Or you can call us. That's right. At 828-333-7181. You want me to do it again? Eight two eight three 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 seven one eight one. Speaking of which, shall we listen to? We do have our guest, as we mentioned, Michael Herkus. Um, but first, we will answer a couple questions. Okay. So let's listen to the voicemail. Hi, ladies. Um, this is Molly. I'm a first-time caller, but I've been listening for a long time. And I have a question that I hope isn't um, taboo to you guys, but I recently had a baby about a year ago, and I've been struggling to connect with sort of like the feminine power of my period. So I took a hormone-based pill that made me skip my period basically from the time that I was 16 until right before my husband and I decided to have a baby. Um, I wouldn't get my periods on this pill at all, and I am struggling now because I um, can't take that 
hormone pill anymore because I'm breastfeeding. And so I'm just sort of struggling through um, these periods. The reason I didn't get them, I kept the pill continuously to not get them was because I get terrible, terrible cramps. And I'm so sick. The first day of my period, I'm just I'm so sick. I'm nauseous and I try and I throw up and I'm just, I feel absolutely awful. And I am struggling to connect with it. And I've been looking up things online and, you know, I know it's this wonderful symbol of female the feminine divine and I really want to be able to connect to it on a positive way but I find myself dreading when it comes up and when it you know I get PMS really bad and I I'm just you know if you guys have any tips or tools or herbs or anything that you use to you know get get through it, well, not just get through it, but, you know, to to really connect and and to make it a positive experience and not something that I just dread. So I'm really grateful for you ladies. I listen to you every week, and I love all the topics you bring up, and I appreciate everything you do, and um, I really hope that you can shed some light on this subject for me. So Thank you, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for all the nice things you said. We really appreciate it. Yes. It's so nice. So, um, so shall I start? Sure. Okay. So, um, I, well, I do want to say we are not doctors here. We're just podcasters mm. and healers. Mm. Speak for um, yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, you know, this is not. Yes. This is not to be used um, as a substitute for medical no. treatment. Um, but I do want to say that I had a really interesting experience with cramps. Have I talked about this on the podcast before? Okay, so this so. was maybe like a decade ago, somewhere in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. And I was having cramps and I had them much worse than normal. They really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. And I smoked weed. I usually didn't smoke weed, but I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to smoke weed because I think that might help. And it didn't make the pain go away. It actually made me tune in Mm -hmm. to the pain. Like I Mm -hmm. was feeling really tuned in to the pain Mm -hmm. in my uterus. And then I was able to feel that the pain was connected to a way that I treated my femininity. It was like I suddenly, I feel like maybe I've told you this or maybe I have talked about it on the podcast. I know I've told this story before, but um, many times to various people. But anyway, Mm. so it was like I suddenly realized that because my dad and my brother are my main family members and Mm And on my dad's side of the family, it's very masculine. Like I have all male cousins, almost all. I have like two cousins who are female and then like tons of male cousins. Now I feel like this is I ringing do about. remember yeah. we <laughs> talked about this because yeah. of my reaction. And now I remember talking okay. what I said yeah. about this. Okay. And my dad has uh, two brothers and they also have a sister, but she's estranged. Like it's like just a very, you just feel 
it's like a patriarchy kind of yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. And um, since my grandma Cece died, because she was definitely a matriarch, but um, but I just suddenly realized, like, I could feel and sense how I would kind of laugh at my own femininity like when I would have um cr- like the idea of having cramps not like I would do this um overtly but like the idea of having cramps if I were to tell Ted or tell Aaron my brother or my dad it would be like in a way like oh I have cramps isn't that stupid you know like uh, instead yeah. of kind of just being like yeah I have a female body and uh, it's different yeah. than your body and it yeah. it has deeper complexities and like yes. I, I just have a different experience because I'm a woman like for some reason I felt like I had to kind of pretend to be more masculine and that the cramps were connected to that it was just this like really deep realization and then I cried I feel like I always am talking about crying on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but I cried and cried and cried about it and just felt the pain of it and felt like I'm not going to do that anymore and I was like I could feel myself integrating with my body more and then like honestly that I am not making this up I don't have cramps like since that happened I have not had cramps. I mean, like maybe a little bit here or there. I'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. I can kind of feel something. But it's not in any way like I haven't taken painkillers or anything yeah. since then. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some kind of meditation that may or may not involve cannabis. You know, mm-hmm. you could, you could well, eat an edible. I don't know if you can do that when you're breastfeeding. Maybe. Oh, probably. breast. she's breastfeeding. That's right. I think so, yeah. Um, so you don't need you to. You can, I think, actually. But I don't know. I think it's different for everybody yeah you could do a meditation and you could tune in you could do some journaling like see how you how your relationship was with your femininity but I will also say that that I don't know if I would have had the insight to do that if I hadn't been going to a thing called the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium okay. have I told you about this before yes. I mentioned it on the podcast, it's a women's gathering. I haven't been for a number of years. Oh now. yes, but you went there and you felt very feminine. Well, yeah, You're- I have gone many times. I think the last time I went was like 2014 or something. So it's been a long time. But I went like many, many times. It's they have three of them a year, um, and it. It's a place where there are there are classes about many classes about mm. aligning with your period and like yeah. feeling the power of the magical power of your femininity and your unique body and at all ages, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, any size body like it's just such it was such medicine for the way I think it's not just my family, you know, it's our culture has a kind of it's not like it's something that we talk about freely with anyone on the street our feminine yeah. body and its unique <laughs> you know yeah. phases that it goes through yeah. um but connecting with the earth is so important and um just seeing your everything that your body does is something that is sacred and natural and so i kind of had a really good basis in that kind of Mm. wisdom from Mm -hmm. going to the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium. So I don't know where you are in the world, but Mm -hmm. uh, Molly, but if you are close to there or if you feel like flying there (laughs) to Mm -hmm. go to the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium, that might be a good idea. So I don't know. Oh, new baby. Or it's also COVID. Well, you can also, I mean, like in a year she could take her baby. There's Mm -hmm. babies there. And then also I will say um, 
Oh, and, and you could look for a healer, you know, like maybe someone who has taught. You could even just look at the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium website and see people who have taught there and see if there's someone who resonates with you for um, doing healing work that maybe you could do on the phone. Yeah. Well, let me, that's where I just want to say a couple of things then, which is one, um, two things struck me from it. One is definitely, I think there are people, a lot of people who do specifically aligning with your cycle, yes. being friends with your cycle, stuff like that kind of healing. Cause when I was looking, I was like, I wasn't, I was just tuning in a little bit and it did feel like there can be, it doesn't, you know, like I was going to say like doesn't have to be someone like that they may know but uh, because I could even see it it's like just a little bit more like aligned and it could be just like what you said like doing a meditation where you're being compassionate with yourself and like just feeling more like tuning into it bringing it more in Mm -hmm. instead of resisting it which I know is hard and I have to say, this is so weird. This keeps coming up. It's not weird. It's definitely the whole cycle thing is really coming up because I've actually never had cramps. I think we've talked about this before because the one thing that I am, I just have never had them. And I remember I did this acting class once and she made everyone go up on the stage and like act like they had cramps, like to the women, the women. And I was like, I've never had cramps. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. And she was like, you've never had cramps. I was like, she goes, just pretend. And, and I was the only one who was like laying out, like spread out, relaxed. Uh-huh. Like, Cause I thought, well, if I had cramps, I'd, I want to open up. <laughs> I guess, but everyone was like in the fetal position. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, that's a long way of saying that the thing that really struck me was this thing about feeling kind of like, I, I have to make friends with it. Like it has to do with like, I have to embrace my femininity, like this forceful thing. It's like, well, you know, this is a painful thing. Like, you know, to me, it's like, how about trying to like, just be really kind to yourself? Like, you don't have to love it. It doesn't make you less of a woman if you don't love it. You know, you can be like, okay, you know, you can love yourself, you know, but you don't have to be like, I have to enjoy this process or I'm not feminine or there's something wrong with my femininity if I'm not, you know, if I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And you don't have to also, I don't want to imply that you're only doing it right. If you never have cramps again, I don't want to, that's just something that happened to me. It doesn't mean that's the right way for it to happen, but but yes. it does sound like for you, it was like you unlocked the personal thing for you that it was connected to and that allowed it to flow. And then you happen to not have cramps. So for her, it may be the connection to femininity. It, maybe it is because that maybe that's what your intuition's telling you. But it doesn't mean that like there's something wrong with you or yeah. like or that you have to love this actually extremely difficult process. Now, not being in resistance to it will help to help you like okay can I allow what is to be can I allow my body to be where it is so that you're not fighting it because that will make it worse just like in pregnancy when you're having contractions if you're fighting it it makes it so much worse yeah but if you will I remember my doula said to me melting melting (laughs) I would just say that to myself as the contractions were happening which are like cramps like yeah so it's like I was just like melting melting which just like allowed them to be there yeah. So that's that. But I do also think there are people who specialize in if 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 you're I will say this, if you're feeling an intuition like I want to be more friends 
with my period. Like I want to know what this feminine part better then okay yeah definitely seek out people who are uh, who specialize in cycle stuff Mm -hmm. but if it's like i just don't want to like suffer every time then i would just say like yeah allow yourself to be where you are just know this is you know how it is right now and you're going through it and and allow and self-compassion yeah and it's not like i think it's weird because it was part of my thing was just I, it was like I imagined this is just this annoying thing that is happening because right. I'm a girl. Yes, instead yes. of like, no, it's a it's rejection just, it's, of yes. yourself. Yes, like I like my uterus was crying and I was just like laughing at it. Like shut yes. up, this is no what no. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it's like the rejection that's that that that's the part that can be healed. Mm-hmm. But not that there's something wrong with you because you have it or or because you don't like it. I mean, please. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and you know, it's I don't hard know. to like pain. I, I'm not sure about breastfeeding, but I know that red raspberry leaf, when I did have cramps, that would mm-hmm. be something I would drink, red, ras- red raspberry leaf tea. And it would mm-hmm. help often. I guess it must not have helped the time I ate the cannabis or smoked the weed or whatever, but it did often really help. Well, yeah, and I'm on the other end of things going through perimenopause and like I got so tired this week. I was telling Tess and that's related to my cycle and then I finally got my period. But um, like I did notice if I just the same thing, like I think I happen to be naturally kind to my body for some reason. And so like when I'm tired, I'm just like, I have to sleep. Like I don't fight it. I'm not like, what's wrong with me? I, yeah. I mean, I was like a little bit like what's happening. I don't know why I'm so tired, but I did. I wasn't like, you know, mean to myself about it. I don't think so. I just recommend not being mean to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend on that one. Um, okay, I, let's just answer one more question, then we'll get to another one next week. And if you anyone else has other questions, they can ask next week as well. Please send them in. We love it. Um, so let's do the one about, let's see, this is from Ella about clutter clearing. Okay. So she said, I have a question about clutter clearing. It's a common recommendation on the podcast, and I have difficulty with releasing items. I have CPTSD, and I've learned it is not uncommon for people with this to have difficulty releasing items slash becoming hoarders. I'm also an empath and have been told I've likely made connections with the items in my home, which make it difficult as well. In any case, clutter clearing sounds lovely. I would love to live in a space (laughs) with less stuff, but I find the process daunting and overwhelming emotionally. I give up early on in the process and feel bad for releasing the items. I would love any insight you have, you both have on how to go about releasing items that no longer serve me or my space in a way that feels nourishing and not depriving, overwhelming, or even scary. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, so CPTSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I, this, the, I would, it sounds to me like this may, you will maybe benefit from some therapy with this situation, mm-hmm. um, that if you really, really can't, or have in the past had a hard time letting go of stuff and that it feels like it might become 
a hoarding um, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Or even medication, I wonder. You know, there's no shame if it's like at that level where it's like, oh, gosh, this is so overwhelming. I know people who have had medication for things like that where it's like helped just take the edge off. Yeah. I mean, but again, we're not doctors. Yeah. So some, but, but it does sound like maybe some kind of professional therapy would be in order Mm -hmm. in this situation. And um, so releasing items, you know, it's really interesting because since we had that question about um, like last week or the week before about um, being so empathetic with plants remember oh, that yeah, question yeah i have been thinking because that brought up like oh yeah my ancestors were farmers many of them on both sides and that that kind of helped me have this mindset of like yeah you it's sad when you when you weed your garden but you have to do it and then you're making space for other plants and it's like oh, thinking yeah. of the whole ecosystem and then uh, i was yeah. thinking more about that and i was like oh that's how I, exactly how i feel about clutter and my home uh, Like I do, I think that it's really connected. That sense of farming and gardening and landscaping is really connected to the way that I have a relationship with my home, like cleaning it and clearing out the things that I don't want anymore. It is, and it feels like that, like I'm honoring the entire ecosystem of the home. But so I wonder... Because I, I don't have this particular, remember when I recently sold, we sold one of our cars and I, I was like, oh, the yeah. first time I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to feel like Sad connected about. to, yeah. yeah. Um, so I understood it then. So I'm not maybe the most qualified because I haven't had this exact challenge, mm-hmm. but I wonder if thinking about the entire ecosystem of your home, like I really mm. want the thing, because th- this is a thing I do. Like I want the things that I love and value. I want them to have space. I want them to have, like, I want to have time to take care of them. You know, like that's part of my like, okay, maybe it makes me sad that I'm letting go of this sweater, but I really don't want it. It doesn't look good on me. You know, I'm going to pass it along to someone else and then I'll be able to take more care of all of the things that I do love. And Mm, it's so much easier to clean when you clear clutter. So it's like thinking of thinking of your home holistically rather than your um, relationship with each individual item, although you could still honor the love, you know, of each item. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of, um, I, of, I don't know if I remember if I talked about this last week about self-compassion and how I was listening to this guy talking about how when you over-identify with somebody, it, not self-compassion, just regular compassion, when you over-identify with somebody, it's harder to have compassion for them. Oh, no, you didn't talk about this. Oh, really? Oh. I, yeah, I don't remember this. Unless um, it's because I was so sleep deprived last week. I just don't <laughs> no, maybe remember. I didn't. I pro- <laughs> I've said it to a couple clients this week. But so because it and then I realized like the same thing is true with yourself with self-compassion. If you over identify with the problem you're having, like that's who I am. Mm. That's all that I am. That's what I am. Then it's harder to have compassion for yourself. You know, but if you have like a little bit of, so what I'm saying is I think sometimes with people who do this, i.e. my older daughter and my husband, (laughs) they sometimes identify with, well, my older daughter, definitely. She like really identifies with 
absolutely every like she went to the store and um she was picking out a ball like a kickball and she was like oh, we I, I need to get the red ball too because I touched the red ball and now I feel bad for it I feel oh. like it, like I made a connection with her or something oh. like that and I was like we're not getting the red ball <laughs> just like yeah. yeah I was like the red ball is fine you know um I was probably not that comp- so uh, compassionate towards her because it's just I mean I was but I just know that I have to be like real you had to set the boundary that's right thank you um so I do think that happens for people like with their objects that are in their home it's like got their energy Mm -hmm. on it and then they start to identify with it so much that it's like you know no judgment about but it's just like you feel like oh that that I don't know that blanket is like a part of me now um so it gets hard to like separate like well do I love this blanket or do I just feel like so attached to it Mm -hmm. you know so I think something around that of being in a space I like what you said about looking at it holistically because how I would look at it is that it sounds like your inner child is the main voice in the room, basically. The inner child that is feeling attached to things that doesn't want to be abandoned, that wants, you know, to hold everything close so she feels safe mm-hmm. and to let that part of you know, oh, you're safe. You know, it's okay. We can have that adult be the loudest voice in the room and have her like maybe have a conversation with your inner child as you're doing it. So, yeah. like, how do you feel about this piece? Let her speak and then you as the adult see, okay, what does the adult say? Or right. what does the high, my higher self want to say about this? How do they feel? So right. that's maybe a louder voice than the, you know, the part that just wants everything to stay close or she doesn't feel safe or whatever it might be for you. I, I'll just say one, like, I know my husband is very sentimental about items and um I just don't have that so I think both of us were just like a little bit more less emotionally engaged with our physical objects yeah but still like even still to this day with the Prius that we sold like but I think it's true like my adult was like you know what we don't need that it's time for it to go it's like we've had it long enough but my inner child still to this day like Ted will be (laughs) Ted has said a few times like I wonder where the Prius is right now and I'm like no no don't say that I don't want to think about that like I'm worried that the Prius is lonely or something my inner child is so I have more compassion now yeah, well, it's funny because I'm the same way with the car. Only with the <laughs> only car. With cars. I felt that way. And I think it's because we spend so much time of our lives in those cars. And because you know? they, they, why do they seem like they have, maybe because it's like <laughs> we used to ride horses and they were, they moved and they took I us didn't places. I ride horses. Were, well, I mean, our ancestors. Oh, our ancestors. Yeah, like that, uh, that was, our, those were our, our mm, cars where they really yeah. literally were <laughs> sentient beings. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I to me, yeah, I have no judgment about people doing it, but it's like, um, to me, the car makes sense because it's <laughs> like, because our energy is so much in that, like we live in it. And well, when we and lived even in LA. like, I don't know if it's ever. If this is true everywhere, but like in LA, when you would come walk up to your car with somebody, you'd be like, "This is me." Like oh, that's yeah, how you right. say, "This that's is my right. car. This is that's me." Right. <laughs> it's like, that's no, so it's your funny. car. It's not you. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So, um, I hope that was helpful. I don't know, but or even have a discussion. You could also do a little dialogue with your inner child, like, 
let's talk about why this feels so hard. You know, what, you know, you could go object by object or you could just go in general and just like bring in, but have a centered, oh gosh, I just, last thing I'll say is I just realized that I've been giving this advice a lot too lately around any decision we're making. So it applies here too. Make sure that if you're having a hard time making a decision, that your adult is the main seat, that you're centered, yeah. that you're in your body, that you're connected, like you said, to the earth, like like feeling in your body, feeling grounded and making a decision from that place. Yeah. And you can listen the to the other pieces too from that better so here you are as the adult and then you can say okay what does everybody that's feel? right well, yeah. let's get on board how yeah. are we feeling what do you need but yeah. yeah exactly because been... usually if the adult's not center and you're not centered then the other parts are some one other part is centered i've been working with that a lot since i did oh, the thing good. with the cult the yeah. that whole meditation uh-huh. man it's so helpful to just be like okay like anytime i feel like okay i feel a little weird about what just happened or what i'm about to do i'll be like oh okay let me just who's all here what parts of me are here what do they all feel and who can i how can i like work with them in a loving yeah. way you know yeah because all of your parts want your best interest mm-hmm. they're all trying to help in some that's way that's right yeah and so actually bringing that up the protector is probably there's is a big part you can say like ask your protector hey protector what are you protecting me from right? yeah what are you worried is going to happen if we let go of this you know, yeah this all these old pens that don't yeah. write anymore or whatever it is yeah yeah <laughs> like what do, yeah for real Okay, well, now we're so excited to have Michael Herkus on. I'm going to read his bio. Michael Herkus, also known as the Glam Witch, has been practicing a practicing modern witch for over 20 years. He is a devotee to the goddess Lilith and focuses his practice on crystals, glamour, love, moon, and sex magic. Michael is the author of The Glam Witch, the complete book of moon spells, and the brand new book, Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care, dropping on June 1st. Additionally, Michael hosts Glam Fridays on the Witch With Me IGTV channel at Witch With TV, giving tips and tricks for magical makeovers. He's a professional tarot reader and nationwide speaker, having presented at festivals such as Gather the Witches, Hexfest, and WitchCon, in addition to being featured in an exhibit on display at the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft in Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, Michael Herkus. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. So something really interesting that our listeners, well, some of them may know, some of them may not know, is that GLAM is actually an acronym for Great Lilith Arcane Mysteries. Love that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so you're a devotee of the goddess Lilith. Yes, I am. Yeah, and I love the way you describe her. So maybe you can talk about her a little bit. I love how you describe her as Lilith, the rebel goddess of witchcraft, equality, sensuality, and self-care. Yeah, yes. and also how you became a devotee. I want to hear about that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so 
I, of course, came into witchcraft during the glamorization of witchcraft in Hollywood of the 90s with the craft mm. and charmed and all of that. And <laughs> even growing up, I was super interested in anything witchy. So Hocus Pocus, all of the movie stuff. Right. <laughs> and uh, of course, anything that had like a really powerful female lead. So that went from Xena into Buffy. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day I was at um, the local bookstore and there was a graphic novel of Buffy. So of course I pick it up and mm -hmm. I'm flipping through it. And there's this, there's this image of this red haired vampire in it who's got this flowing lavender gown and she just looks so powerful and fabulous. And her name was Lilith. And it kind of took that story of Lilith and uh, the mythology of her being the first vampire as well as being the first witch. And um, I was just completely spellbound by her. And as I watched Buffy more, they started talking about witchcraft and Wicca synonymously. Um, Charmed came out. And of course, I, at that point, I was uh, in junior high going into high school. And I was just looking for something alternative because nothing seemed to work. I didn't feel powerful. I didn't feel um, like, like I mattered. Uh, mm. So, of, of course, I went into witchcraft. Uh, I thought it was something completely different than what it was because I was so ingrained in the Hollywood stereotypes. And uh, from there, you know, I found a really beautiful spiritual path that honored the, the divine as feminine and masculine. Um, and I always had related more towards the feminine rather than the masculine. So I felt like religion, spirituality made so much more sense with that. And then, of course, um, reading more books on witchcraft, Lilith kept popping up. And it was uh, a direct reference to the, the image that I had in my head of her from the first little comic book that I saw. And um, it, out of all the books and everything I was reading, it nothing really clicked until I read Fiona Horn's book, Witch A Magical Journey. Mm. And uh, mm. I was Lilith was kind of calling out to me, but I was so afraid that she was demonic because at that point... There, the internet wasn't like what it is today and there wasn't a lot of resources available on her until Fiona had mentioned in um, a, a TV show she was on that Lilith was her patron goddess and that's when my ears kind of peaked up a little bit and I was like all right well let me maybe let me do some work here let me suspend disbelief and cynicism and and just kind of start meditating on images of her and doing rituals for her and break out and branch out my my research into just Sumerian kind of mythology and the gods and goddesses of that time a little bit more um, since you know we all know the, the story of Lilith being Adam's first wife left the Garden of Eden but prior to all of that she comes from um, Sumerian tales of being this uh, demon of the night who brought disease and and wet dreams to men <laughs> and it was so funny looking at like the if we really really dig into kind of how history goes I mean it's a story and and the pieces have been left behind and it's it's told in ways that are kind of sometimes skewed depending on how society is looking at things, of course. And so if we even look at the fact that she was a wind goddess of the night that brought disease, but she was also a handmaiden to Ishtar's sacred sex temples. Um, and we know that the first uh, STDs, STIs came from that area. It would make sense that she, you know, just was a temple prostitute. And that was what the disease was. She wasn't this horrific monster yeah, who just right. came in and hurt people. So that's how I kind of started Started twisting that and then the the myths of her being like a, a baby killer a lot of that has to do with she she was from a time when sacred sexuality was for pleasure over procreation mm -hmm. so to me that's how I interpret the the baby killing mythology of, yeah. of her um, yeah like her power caused her to be demonized absolutely yeah. so 
then transfer into, you know, uh, as I was working with her, as I was growing up, um, I immediately started working uh, at Glamour Shots, the famous portrait studio right out of high oh, school. Yeah. Um, and I was super ingrained in, I was always into art, but really getting into fashion, photography, makeup, all these different things. And so glamour had just kind of followed me through my life as well. And once I finally started to kind of come out of the film closet publicly per se, and start writing books and articles and things, I was like, I kind of need like a name. I was like, what's my Instagram handle going to be? And I was like, well, I'm the glam witch. I just am. And, uh, in <laughs> and, and my day job. In my day job, I do, I do a lot of research on companies that have acronyms as names. So I'm, I'm a big like acronym fan. So mm -hmm. I was like, what will glam represent? And I was like, oh, goddess Lilith and Michael. And then I was like, oh, that's a little too narcissistic. So, <laughs> what else could it be? So the, the great Lilithian arcane mysteries is what kind of came to me and it stuck. And of course, glamour magic is a huge part of my life. But even Lilith was the shapeshifter. She was the seductress, the temptress. She was all about this kind of dark, beauty and, and glamour and even Doreen Valiente and ABC of witchcraft references Lilith as the dark glamour of the moon ah. and um, that's where I kind of picked up like oh you know glam works with her uh, yeah, and so it, yeah sorry to go. interrupt no, go ahead, go um, I just love how I love the way that you merge her with glamour because um, she also like how you talk about her being unapologetically her authentic self like um, here you you also wrote in the glam witch you wrote wearing many hats over the centuries Lilith is currently seen as a mysterious goddess in modern witchcraft governing independence sexuality personal power and occult wisdom and then you also call her the poster girl of unapologetic authenticity and I love that yeah. I love mm -hmm. there being a divinity a deity that you can channel for those yeah. specific things that's you know? really yeah. powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of those things, of course, any of her myths, and there's so many of them. And I, I have my one chapter in The Glam Witch that digs into the mythology of her and the history. And that chapter initially was like, it honestly was probably the hardest chapter I've ever written in my life because mm -hmm. at first it came out like a history paper and my editor was like no you got to fix this because mm -hmm. there's no personality in it right. and um and it was so long it was originally like a 60 page chapter and it was like no like because <laughs> I've been researching her for years I was putting everything in yeah. and then my editor was like okay so there's this fabulous show called Drunk History and I need you <laughs> to get drunk and talk about Lilith and record yourself doing it and then write that out and I was oh like, my god that's a great way to do history ever and yeah. it was really fun it was I mean it was a fun process uh yeah. and um, I mean it really helps it helps it, it really really did but yeah Lilith is is very sexual she's independent of course um she puts her needs above others um she's not going to be subservient so I see her again as a, a goddess of self-care and self-care ties into glamour too because glamour is more than just the the makeup and the aesthetic of things and the bath bombs and all of that it's it's also the energy that you put out into the world for the like how you want to be seen and a lot of that comes from your own personal confidence and your own empowerment and the more you're beaming with that big witch energy the more you're going to become a magnet to draw more and more 
things to you. Yeah. So your new book, you, yeah. your new book is called Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care. There it yes, is. Yes, yes. Beautiful. And um, so I'm imagining in that book, there's lots of, um, well, I did, I have the PDF, so I've started to read it and there's so <laughs> much information to help us with this, right? To like, yes. Yeah. To chant. Do you have specific things like for channeling that energy of Lilith? So I, I talk about Lilith briefly. She's got like a small little sidebar where, um, so the book itself, it's, it's basically a template for 90 days of magical self-care. And I kind of created that literally last year at this time in May when COVID was its, its big thing. It was, you know, everyone was shut <laughs> in and I was losing sense of myself. I wasn't tapped mm. into the magic of me and mm. um, I needed to. And I was like, well, what little practices can I do on a daily basis? And, you know, how can yeah. I share this with the world? Talk to my editors and we, you know, now the a year later here, the book is at the perfect time as the world is starting to open up yeah. and stuff. And so it's the, the 90 days of spells and rituals and practices and meditations and things um it's split in between categories of the mind body spirit um environment your relationships and community and then personal success and in the the spirit section there's a a little ritual that i do that's called divine yourself where you tap into your own interpersonal divinity and there i have a, a small sidebar about lilith and just kind of talking about different you know, explore some deities of self-care and, and empowerment and, and independence because um, I truly think that she is a goddess of self-care. Uh, I've not, I'm not familiar enough with any other ones that just like truly cut ties with things that no longer served and mm. left bad situations because we also see Lilith as being like, you know, she's been made up to be this like evil villainous, like, like she's the bad one that like you call in for hexes and stuff like that, right? But if we really look at her mythology, if we look at how she handled the situation with Adam, for example, she left. She left the situation that was causing her harm. She didn't fight back. She just left. And you, even prior yeah. to that, like some of her myths from um, Sumeria and, and the Mesopotamian area, she left those situations too. Gilgamesh came to cut down the tree that she was living in and she didn't fight back. She ran into the wilderness to find shelter because sometimes doing that and running away is the best form of survival. Yeah. To uh, recharge set boundaries, recharge your energy. I mean, I feel like when people leave situations, uh, it's triggering for other people. Like I know for my life, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but like when I left my first husband, everybody was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and really it was like, you know, they didn't want to, I really think in a big way, it's like when you see someone like shaking up their whole lives, it ha- it makes you reflect on yourself. Like, what am I how to, looking at your own life? Like, how mm-hmm. am I avoiding things in my own life? And I think it's scary for people. And so I yeah. love that there's someone, that, a goddess that represents this. Yeah, it's so Absolutely. powerful. It's such cool work you do. And I love Wait, this. Before, oh. Sorry, I just want to ask you, what are, is your sun, moon and rising? I have to know this. Oh, wait, can we guess? Can you, I want to know yes. your guesses. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. What do you well, think? What do you think my son is? Gosh. Well, can I just guess like a multiple amount? Like, cause I feel like Libra has to be in there with all the glam stuff. And I feel like Leo is in there Leo. somewhere. Leo is in there. Oh, I, I have no Leo, but my, <laughs> oh, my moon Sag? is Libra. My moon oh, okay. is Libra. Hey, me too. I'm okay, a Libra so moon. Oh, I'm Libra moon. Yeah. Um, my son is Aries. Oh, okay. okay. In the fire. 
That yeah. makes sense. That I, I thought it was Sag because <laughs> yeah, Aries are so glamorous. That's true. Now, what is the rising situation? Oh wait, wait, wait. Maybe okay. we could try to get a thing. What if okay. it's like something surprising? Like, what if it happens it to be Capricorn? Because oh, that would be like focus and structure. It's not, but it's close. It's oh, Virgo. what is it? Virgo. Virgo. Oh, I, I have a Virgo, Virgo. son. Nice. Cool. So, so Aries with Aries. a Libra. Oh, that's so balanced. That's an interesting yeah, balance. It is. I don't have water really in my chart except for my Pluto is in Scorpio. So oh, oh, yeah. okay. I have no water other than that. Yeah, I have very oh, wow. little water also. I have I a have lot of Taurus and a lot of Libra. Like I, I just had my yeah. chart read by the actress that played Callisto on Xena, which was oh. super fun and crazy. <laughs> and uh, she was just like, I'm so... Like it's, she's just like, it's crazy how much Venus you have in your chart. So I have a lot of the signs in Venus. Oh um, yeah. And I think that makes sense yeah. too with glamour and my yeah. whole situation. <laughs> totally. I yeah. was going to say lots of Libra because of all the glammy stuff. You know, I only mm -hmm. recently realized how like aesthetic oh, like, yeah. that, that Libra and it made me feel like less shallow because <laughs> i was like why am i so into skincare and making things pretty in my house and All like right. making everything pretty and then i was like we oh. just want it to be pretty yeah <laughs> and then the aries in me is like i want it to be different and i want to shake it up and i want to start something i want people to look at me so. yeah to like sparkle and then so the Virgo is like, so well, if you're going to do it you have to color coordinate and everything has to be perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. yeah yeah. Yeah. And also I feel like the Virgo, I, I, it seems like a lot of, uh, pagan authors have Virgo in their chart. I've noticed, like mm, I'm a Virgo, Silver sense. Ravenwolf is a Virgo, Ellen Dugan is a Virgo. And I feel like there is something about like merging the practical with the spiritual that is yeah. aligned yeah, with Virgo energy. I bring that up in so many of my books too, because I mean, as you guys know, the, the, whenever you're doing something magical, you have to follow it up with practicality. You can't, yeah. it's like, if you want to win the lottery, buy the lotto ticket. If you want <laughs> yeah. to find Anchor love and you're it. doing love spells, you have to put yourself on the dating apps and you have to put yourself out there. It can't just be, I wish for this. And so it's going to manifest. You have to do the work with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, it's funny you said that because I, I always go over that multiple times in everything that I've ever written or classes that I teach um, because it's, it's, so important and I don't feel like a lot of people get that especially when just beginning mm -hmm. I also think the Virgo's like earthy you know it's the earth which is mm -hmm. aligned with witchcraft and you know being part very of true mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I just love how your work is so um focused on the I mean a big aspect of it is the sacredness of beauty and self-care mm -hmm. because I think often I actually wrote a book about this a number of years ago called Magical Fashionista where I know and I love it and I oh, use it as a oh. source in the glam witch. Oh yes, I didn't know I, that I did not realize. Oh thank you. Yes, I do. I'm so happy to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, I like that when I wrote that, I wrote, that was an interesting book to write because I wrote it all at once. It was like, it was just like a lightning bolt of, because I hadn't, I think I just, like Natasha was talking about, like I judged my, I sort of judged my desire to, um, you know, wear things that I loved or take care of my body. Like on some level, I thought, oh, this is really shallow. Like this is a shallow thing about me. And then I realized like, no, it's sacred. It's, it's yeah. fun. It's the feng shui of your body and of oh, yourself, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And the thing is, too, and I keep trying to, uh, you know, always reinforce this because we live in a world where, of course, you know, beauty is tied into, you know, all of the consumer consumerism and the, the crazy marketing standards and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the beauty that is what I'm trying to yes. preach. Like, you don't right. have to be a specific thing. You don't have to dress and look like me. I'm doing it because it's what I want to do. It's it's finding and tapping into your own sense of what you want to do. Use the colors that are representative of like the energy that you want to bring yeah. into the world. You know, explore, have fun and express yourself because that's you, again, tapping into the magic of you and putting it out there for the world to see. Yes. Um, and and not only just beauty from the physical, but the beauty of the, the world world the beauty of the flowers you know like these orchids that are right here and the the spring flowers that are going on right now or the rotting leaves in fall like there's beauty and the life the death and the the cyclical form of it and um I just I really love that and I think that we also live in such a fast-paced driven society where we don't take enough time to experience the beauty of life in in its grand you know, scheme, the beauty of falling in love, the beauty of falling out of love, the beauty mm. of waking up and going to work and having a stressful day. And like, like, what did that teach you? Like, what is what the beauty of your obstacles and the beauty of your achievements? So many different aspects of beauty. And, and that is my, my niche. Yeah. 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 We and- talk about that a lot on the podcast about embracing all of it, all mm-hmm. of the feelings, all of the experiences. And if you can look at them as magical, I mean, it's, it's like, it is the opposite of spiritual bypassing, because if you're looking at everything, it's magical, even your anger, then you're not going to avoid it. You know, it's going to yes. like, you're going to go toward, or even your sadness, or like you said, like, the mundane, even like falling out of love. I love that finding that magical. I mean, that is the a, beauty that's of a real of magic act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. And, and the sacredness of allowing yourself, your light to shine so people can see Absolutely. it. And, and at the, the other side of that is appreciating that the other people, when they're vulnerable enough to shine their light, their unique light, you know, letting this Absolutely. be a way that we connect as humans in mm-hmm. through our artistic a creative way of showing up in the world. It really makes me think about also like how a lot of times it's the most out there people that we value or that we think are, that we're drawn to, to think of as beautiful, but there are like, you know, the, even like, if you feel like I just want to wear pastels today or something like, (laughs) like there's, there's space for that too. You know, there's space Mm -hmm. for all of it. Yeah. Yes. And so just kind of touch on like what, um, you were just saying too about like, you know, the beauty of falling, like uh, the magic and all of that. To me, there's a lot of Lilith in that situation as well, because mm-hmm. specifically in this last year with COVID and being trapped at home, taking like shelter um, to, during the storm. And then even I experienced a very big, crazy, bad breakup. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, it was just kind of like the realization that, yeah, Lilith is a badass, right? Like we all love her. Like she's just this powerful, strong force. But that doesn't mean she didn't have vulnerability. Oh, like yeah. even in in like the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which was a very skewed one dimensional side of Lilith. But mm-hmm. there were some scenes in one of the seasons where she was sobbing and crying and she actually did love and she was depressed and she was sad about it. And it's anyone who's strong and a force to be reckoned with has had those moments. And it's not just 100% honky dory. Like, you know, I, I'm just a bad, I'm like, 
so awesome and I have this big witch energy and all of that stuff. Like you, you get that from experiencing the obstacles and being grateful for them and pushing through them rather yeah. than avoiding them and pushing them away. And, oh my gosh, love and light. Let me blind myself yes. from the true lessons that I have to see. Like dig deep into your dark self and claw your way out of your own personal dark abyss. And that's how you reach that, I think, empowerment stage. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that too, because I love how right at the beginning of Mm -hmm. um, the witchcraft for daily self-care, you go, you right in the front, you say underneath the fluff and puff of pink tulle (laughs) sequin kimonos and glittery eyeshadow lies a less glamorous world that includes anxiety, depression, doubt, pressure, and trauma that pop up like whack-a-moles on a regular basis when I try to live my best life. I just love how you're like, hey. (laughs) This isn't, I'm not just going around being perfect and glamorous all the time. Like this is a part of the human experience. Exactly. And something that I've done too, that I've noticed myself was even when I'm feeling like the absolute worst, the lowest, I actually make myself more out there with more colors and more, like that's one way that I kind of try to balance the scales when things are kind of emotionally skewed. You know what I'm trying to say? Because it's like putting, it's kind of like the idea of like, I remember being a kid and it was, it was like, there were, I was at like a, a daycare or a preschool and there was different rooms of color. And it was like, if you were in timeout for a reason or something, you had to go to this one room and it was all kind of color psychology based. And so I love that because colors of course are magical, but there is also a scientific thing to them, like how they affect our moods. So I try to do that with my aesthetic when I'm in a down, down yeah, mood. That's a Libra mood about- too. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Nice. Well, I was just going to say, what I love about that is you're doing it consciously, right? Because so some yes. people will do that unconsciously, like I'm fine and like dress <laughs> up and like look, you know, act like that everything's fine. That's but to do it from like, I'm actually not fine. I feel like shit and I'm gonna look great while I feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. I know, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because the alternative is you just being frumpy and being like, and but I mean, again, if you're magical and you're tapped into your clothing and stuff like that, if you're just in the frumpy, depressive clothing, you're going to be frumpy and depressing. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so heal yourself with the power of fashion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, love I mean, it. and also I just feel the need to say you can be frumpy for a few days if you're feeling oh, really down, totally, but then that might be a nice way out of it. Yeah. And I'm then they Monday feel- through Tuesday. Monday through Friday, all day long, as I work through home. <laughs> and then the weekend comes and I'm lamb witch time. Oh, Let's yeah. <laughs> so, so we have a little bit more time. So maybe we could talk about The Love Witch because I know you oh, love yeah. this movie, oh, The Love Witch. Oh, I, I love, I love that video you made. Oh my gosh, I showed everybody <laughs> I knew. Yes. I tagged them and because the, you superimposed your face onto The Love Witch and yep. put, oh, my God. put the song season of The Witch. It was just really great. You guys should check it out. But <laughs> so, so let's talk about how great that movie is. This is directed by <laughs> Annabella. It's like one of my favorite movies. So I have a little bit of a story about it. So my mom called me one day and she was like, there's this new witch movie out and you should look it up. And my mom, she, she always tries to tell me about stuff, but that I have no interest in. Like it's just because it's a witch doesn't mean I'm going to love it. So it was like, all right, let me sit and watch this trailer. And then I was like, this isn't a new movie. This looks old. Right? Oh wait, it's new. Oh wait, what's going on here? Oh, it looks fabulous. It's glamorous yeah. and, and campy and, and what's going on here. And yeah. so it was, 
when it was being released, it only went to select theaters and Chicago was one of the cities it came to. And it literally had one more showing left. So I was like, let me go, let me, let me go there tomorrow and see this showing. And literally I sat there in a room full of strangers and we were all just like, oh, and like, yes. we giggled at the same time. And it was, we were drawn in. I mean, it was an act of magic watching this crazy oh movie. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's like the colors are so beautiful and vibrant and it's shot in what is it 35 millimeter 50, i mean one I of those know, old, yeah old something old things. <laughs> yeah and then the you, the whole time you think it's actually set in like the 60s or 70s but it's not it's modern day it's just stylistically yeah like ah. even color the acting, wise and everything even the acting, even acting. Is that, yes it's so and good. it's got this it's to me it has this kind of like you know how like plays are different than movies. Like they have a, a different way, like candor that they carry their voices and yeah. ways that they display themselves. So it has a little bit of that like play live kind of acting methods, I would <laughs> say. Um, oh. But it just comes across as so campy and so dark, but then also richly saturated in witchcraft. Oh, and like yes. you, like the real, like Alexandrian Gardnerian rituals, like, like real, yeah. real witchcraft, uh -huh. like not supernatural effects stuff. And I love, 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 love it. Oh, um, me too. The tea room, the oh, music, the, the costumes. The and she the did costumes. all the costumes. Yes. And, and the paintings. Directed. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah, and the paintings. I know. The it's paintings. so good. The paintings. So, when did so good. The, the paintings. When did this come out? 2016. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. this is a hashtag, uh, hashtag ad for the love witch. Yes. And yeah. it's free on Amazon Prime. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's there. Yeah, you, but you, you have to, to kind of Google. It's kind of hard to find, like um, when you, you are honey, really maybe because there's in. full frontal male nudity. I don't know if that's why, but that too, I, which is a great plus. I mean, yeah, I love it's that. great. It's great. I love it. Her other movie. Her, did you see her other movie too? I, did, I didn't love it as much, but um, I definitely can see where the love witch came after that. Mm -hmm. I just they're so unique and there's is full frontal male I feel like that's a thing mm -hmm. she's like we need to have more full frontal male nudity in movies yes, I remember <laughs> one time what movie what it's a movie with Kevin Bacon and Matt Dillon and um this was oh a long, oh yeah. the wild things yeah wild things. Oh, I don't yeah. know this one, one. Of my I saw yeah, that in the one. movie theater in Brooklyn and when he came out when you just saw his penis like two people in the audience were like what <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is great. Yeah. It's so good. But yeah, I just, I've seen it now three times. The last time I saw it, it was on Valentine's Day. My coven and I had a um, watch. That's a good one for then. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's super, and, super fun. Yeah. And the, and that was the time that for some reason it finally dawned on me that, the, that um, Elaine is uh, like a narcissistic psychopath. Yeah. I don't know why it took me so long. <laughs> well, same with me. I've, I've watched it probably 300 times at this point. And I feel like every single time I watch it, I'm seeing it through a new lens. Mm -hmm. um, and like the first time I was just kind of like, oh, cool. Like she's this serial killer, but mm -hmm. who's also a witch. Yeah. And, and then beautiful. it was like, uh, it just, it's crazy. Like at first I was like totally on her side. And then sometimes I watch it. And I'm like, no, you're nuts. I'm not on your side. Yeah. But then I'm like, I am on your side. And it flips so much. Right. That's part just, of why I love right. it so much. Listen, I'd like to help okay. people who haven't seen this. We don't want to go. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it. So I'm, I'm listening from there. But I need, I'm excited I, to see I want to know. No spoilers. There's no, I mean, no spoilers were shared. It, yeah. Everything you see is in like the first five seconds. <laughs> 
I was just really personally trying to understand the love witch more because, but that I just want to say, okay, you two can just one more thing. You guys can I'll call you, but just one more thing. Just like it is, that's part of why I love it is because it is like, it's not like, oh, this is what it's about. It's so obvious. It's like, there's just so many layers. And mm. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. We all uh, want to see it now who good. haven't seen it. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So to wrap up with you, Michael, um, what is, so you have, tell, you have other books, but, but this book's coming out June 1st. Is that right? Witchcraft yes. for Dealing. This is my newest here. one. Um, I, the, the Glam Witch was my first book that came out in uh, 2019. And then I did the complete book of Moon Spells that came out last year. Oh. And then during COVID, I've been very busy and I've written three other books. So wow, um, that's the awesome. Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care is the first of three that will be coming out this year. So so I can't exciting. talk about the two other ones, but basically they'll be coming out each two months apart. So June 1st, August 1st, and October 1st. Exciting. Wow. So, yeah. so where exciting. can where can people find you? Tell us about your fabulous I'm, social media outlets. Fabulous. Okay. So uh, <laughs> my website, www.theglamwitch.com. We'll link to all of my social media and stuff, but I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, it's at the dot glam dot witch. Um, okay. And then just Facebook, Michael Herkus, you'll find me. Can people I... work with you directly or is it just books like through books? That's how they um, So I, I've done classes. I've done classes online. I just actually graduated from school. Finally, oh. after all these years, so I will have more time, and I'm I'm kind of looking into doing magical mentorships and stuff. So that's oh, coming. Cool. Um, okay. What did you so graduate for school from? Uh, oh, graphic school design and multimedia. Oh, cool! Congratulations! Thank you. Very Libra, very Libra. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Beauty and aesthetic again. <laughs> no stopper there. We love it. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. This was really fun. Love it was. Thank you. Delight. It was so so fun. Great thank you so you. much. It was an honor chatting with you, and I'm so happy and and again honored that you had me and my crazy little witch life on. Oh, we are honored too. Yes, we perfect. Love it. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Well. We can only assume that was fun and great. Yeah, we imagine we had a great time. <laughs> We're recording this ahead of time in case that's confusing. Um, okay, so now it's time for the energy report. <laughs> I love how four was a part of it. It was you started singing before you even got to the energy report word. <laughs> you know, every time's different. That's why that's why you tune in. I'm assuming. JK. I've said JK so many times in this podcast, and I don't think I ever usually you say You don't that. usually say it. No, yeah. but there's a lot of JKs today. Okay, so the energy report, if this is your first time tuning in, is when I feel into the week ahead, the energy trend, and also take into account some astrology and um, clients that I've seen if there's a pattern, which let me tell you, such a pat. I mean, the patterns have been very strong lately oh, in yeah. general, but... Um, so we talked, we hinted at this about the Gemini, the strong Gemini energy with like the mental energy being in your head kind of thing, making decisions or like getting obsessing about things maybe or some things not feeling right. And what I'm feeling into this week ahead is it's interesting, it kind of feels like almost Aries energy combined with Gemini, like 
like a shh, like a lot of energy, <laughs> you know, like a lot of like, oh, things are clear. Now I want to do this. I want to do it. Or yeah. do I want to do this? Or do I want to do that? Or do you know, like a lot more. Um, it's like kind of clarity, it, it, but also could could swerve into the, too much head action. Yeah. Too much being in your head. So one thing that I think will help this, well, of course, always like if you can balance this energy by being in your body, that's great. So tuning in, putting your hand on your heart and just noticing, okay, where am I holding tension? How's my stomach? What's going on there? You know, even tuning in to say like, okay, I noticed my stomach is tense. What is, is there a feeling or information there? Um, getting, if you can get more information from your body, that would be good yeah. <laughs> to balance it out. But one thing um, I want to talk about is intuition, which I was thinking about even doing a whole video on Instagram, which I may do. But what I want to say about this that I noticed is as we come into this next week where we may be starting to form more of what we want in the world um to what is your intuition so some a lot of people i don't know if people ask you this a lot tess like how do i how do i access my intuition mm -hmm. i don't know you know so one thing i notice is a good way to do this if you're having a hard time noticing what you really want because you're stuck in your head or whatever reason is to think about a time when you realized you let yourself down so like oh I didn't fall I should have done that and then think about that time where did I feel that how do I know that I let myself down where do I feel that in my body or what did that feel like and really know like oh okay that feeling of like oh that's actually listening to your intuition by knowing that you didn't listen to your intuition oh i see <laughs> you know yeah. it's like oh that's like a real gut tuning in i didn't do that thing i didn't hear myself right so it's kind of like backwards uh what do they call that um uh, when you go backwards to find the i can't think of oh reverse engineering thank you that's oh, it okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like reverse engineering the problem. Like, you know, you didn't do the thing, but oh, what does that feel like when I didn't know? And then you can go back a little bit even further to know, oh, so what did it feel like? Let me let me try to use an example. Let's say that you um, uh, you are with somebody having a conversation and you feel like you should have told them something. And you just had this feeling, I should have told them. And then you didn't tell them the thing and something bad happened, you know, or something happened the way you didn't want it to. So or then like you it know, would have helped if you ha you realized that, it, yeah, I should have told them that. That would have helped them. Right. Exactly. And when I say something bad happened, just like, oh, like something didn't go the way you wished it had or the way they wish it. Yeah. So then, you know, like, oh, oh, I should listen to my feelings. So then you go back a little further and you think, what was that feeling when I was like, oh, I should tell them this? How did you feel in your body? Right. How did that feel? Like, was it like just like a knowing where was this knowing where it was it in your heart? Was it, you know, or just try to feel it or maybe it's just an energy but the yeah. more specific you can get then 
then the next time when you have that feeling, you can be like, oh, this is my intuition. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this feels like. And it doesn't mean you have to act on it, but just, you know, just acknowledge this is what that feels like. Uh-huh. So yeah. that's, I guess, what I'm saying this week would be good is to think about that tune into what that feels like to hear your intuition so that when you do have all these ideas coming in it'll be a little bit easier to sort through what's really what you really want or what might be like some obsessive feelings or you know ramblings yeah you know yeah and when the more you you do that the more you notice your intuition and act on it or don't act on it and then just notice what happens. Exactly. Um, the more over time you can recognize like, oh no, that's some, it's it's so interesting with intuition over time. I've been, this is something I've been thinking about lately, how, how there are some things I don't know. Like I just, oh, I don't know. And then there's some things I'm like, no, I know that. Like that mm-hmm. is <laughs> like intuitively, yeah. this is something that's true. Yes. And it, over time, you, you can start to recognize. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I kind of have this feeling. Like yes. it might be in between. Yes. But but yeah, it's you, you can just kind of get, get more solid yeah. with that over time. Yeah. And I, I identify as being um, claircognizant. You know, that's one of my clairs. It's like, uh-huh. I just know. Me I don't too. know why I know. Yeah. yeah. And the more, as I've, you know, been a professional reader, the more I'm just like, in the beginning, I was like, how do I know this? Like, Uh I'm saying this thing and I just know it, but I'm going to tell this person this. Um, But I don't know why I know this. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, I know this. Right. And of course, let me just say, because I do not say I'm a guru. If somebody's like, no, that's not true. If they're saying always they should trust their own information yeah right but um but i i just know <laughs> most i'd say 99 percent of the time when i just know that it's like oh yeah i know me it. too yeah when i just know and then sometimes i'm like oh okay this i'm getting something about this i'm not sure yes, exactly what it is exactly but, you know and then someone the person can help me kind of yeah, fill in the out. blanks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's and I've noticed with like for instance when I read past lives for people and this by the way learning how to do all this it's just trusting and figuring yourself out. It's knowing yourself deeper on a on a another level but you have the only way to know yourself that way is to start trusting the different mm-hmm. pathways. Yeah. Um but I've when I do past life reading I, what I've noticed is like at first it shows up I just like see the people or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to follow this story. Like I just have to follow it and it unfolds in Mm -hmm. front of me. (laughs) Like before I'd be like, I don't know why those people are showing up there. That's strange because I don't see anything else. And Mm -hmm. now I've learned over time. It's like, oh, if I actually follow it and see where it goes, then it will unveil itself. Yeah. And that's true with just regular intuition, too. You're like, oh, I have this gut feeling. I don't know why or mm-hmm. what it is. If, follow it. Like, mm-hmm. ask yourself, well, what, what, where is this going? Or, yeah. Okay, that's that. Okay, so now it's time for practical magic. Okay, so tomorrow, so if you're listening to this on Monday, when it comes out, then tomorrow is Tuesday, and that is the new moon in Taurus. Oh. So um, so here's what I wrote in my 2021 Year Most Magical Year Yet planner for tomorrow, May 11th. 
The Taurus new moon on May 11th is an extra powerful day for magic related to victory and success. Light Mm. a red candle and tie a hematite crystal in a scrap of muslin or red flannel along with three whole dried cloves. Hold it in both hands and visualize, imagine, or feel the type of victory or success you'd like to experience. Inwardly celebrate it as if it is already manifested into form. Hold the charm to your heart and thank the divine presence in a way that feels powerful, enthusiastic, and true. Keep the charm with you during any situation related to your magical goal. Sounds fun. Yeah, so you could, I mean, more and more in my practice, I don't use charms every now and then when I'm like, I really want to just... I don't know. I just want to have a charm sometimes. I will. Um, But I often just set the intention and do the visualizations without the actual physical charm. Um, But setting an intention on Tuesday or throughout the week, because then the moon is going to be waning. We're still kind of in the new moon portal. So if you listen later, you you didn't miss the boat. You can still set that intention because as the moon waxes, Did I say waning? As the moon waxes, it's growing. Energy is growing. Um, So setting intentions related to victory and success. And then also, I wanted to add that you could also work with your ancestors and or the different parts of yourself. Like Natasha and I have already been talking about in this episode because I did have that, having that experience with my grandma that I was talking about, like just showing me a lot of dynamics that will help me as I prepare, as Ted and I prepare to buy a house within, you know, whenever we are wanting to do that. It's not like Mm -hmm. immediate, but it's something we're just kind of opening up to and learning Mm -hmm. about and planning on. Um, So if you have an intention like that that feels important and feels expansive and joyful to you, you could tune into like, where do I feel fear about that? Or where do I mm. not believe that I could maybe manifest that? And then see who's there. See if maybe there's an ancestor or an aspect of you that wants to show up and give you some mm. information about like, oh, you know, you have this feeling because you it could be related to something that happened to you in the past or like just a pattern from your family or from a past life even Um, but doing that kind of inner work where you tune in to different aspects of yourself as well as possibly your ancestors if you feel guided to do that could really help you open up to shift into a vibration that will help you manifest your goals yeah, I just, while you were talking, and I, I just started tuning into the ancestor thing I was talking about, the judgment, uh-huh. and I was kind of just tuned into some of my ancestors, and I realized, like, that judgment at first, energy they needed for survival, you know, uh-huh. because, yeah, like, you know, um, like sur- literally surviving or not, unfortunately, but like in my family, um, like the Holocaust yeah. or like anti-Semitism, you know, like they had, there is like this, like, it's almost like a, you can't hurt me before I hurt you, you oh, know, like they yeah. had to have that up a little bit. And, and um, by releasing it, there's like a wiser way. It's like, 
it's I, I it's hard to explain but it's like it started as a helpful thing and then it turned into no not helpful over yeah. time like it needs to be released yeah that's so interesting it's so stuff. interesting and it is like I just I don't know San Elias just really helped me have this realization that okay. the shadow work the stuff I'm working on in my life like that just that continuity of it that it's yes. not it it's not just like when I, I I had a concept of healing patterns from my ancestral line but it was sort of more I think it was sort of more disconnected like like oh I'm doing this good thing for my ancestral line yeah instead of like no that's me that's exactly the same thing as me yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great and fun new moon activity. So before we pick our cards, let's do our housekeeping. Okay. You can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can um, schedule a session with me or look at the classes that I offer. You can find me at Highest Light Healing on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com, on Instagram at Magic Monday Podcast, Facebook Magic Monday Pod. We have a listeners group, Magic Monday Podcast listeners on Facebook. And you can ask us a question, which we love. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where I have a lot of uh, free spells and rituals and guided meditations and you can sign up for my newsletter there and you can find me on instagram at tess4444 on twitter at tess whitehurst on facebook at tess whitehurst author and on youtube at tess whitehurst okay what are you picking from this week cosmic dancer oracle which i co-wrote you co-wrote it i or co-wrote you wrote it and you oh and what about you? What are you drawing from? Um, I am drawing from the Wisdom of Avalon oh, by Colette Baron-Reed. Okay. I picked the Merlin. Hmm, what's mm. that about? Alchemy, justice, and balance. Um, I'm trying to... I don't know... Oh, it's the first card of the deck. Um, okay. The Merlin is the messenger of initiation and alchemy and is both the magician and the high priest. He is the masculine keeper of magic and has the ability to turn iron ore into gold. The Merlin says you have all you need to move forward. Rejoice that all the elements you require for success are indeed present. His message says, be in the world, but not of it, and wear it only as a loose cloak about your shoulders. That's funny, because, oh, okay. I was just going to say, it reminded me of the question about the the clutter clearing, like, oh, don't right. identify with it, you yeah. know, like, wear it, like, all these things, wear as a loose cloak, too, yeah. you know, like, it, you will never have to look outside yourself for answers when the Merlin appears. Remember, all signs and omens sent by the Merlin are but reflections of that which is within you already. I'm really glad I picked that card because that was another thing that I actually meant to bring up. I was thinking about the podcast today. I was like, I really want to remind people that when you're triggered to look within, that there's it's always within you where yeah. you can feel it. Not yeah. to say people aren't, you know, being however they're being but just that you can 
you have it within you to heal why it got hurt so why it hurt so much. I was just thinking about that that um the remembering that you're magical. Like just how that can just dawn on you like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I magical. That. I can yeah. I I know what I need to know to heal this or to get where I want to go." Yes, yeah. you don't need things outside yourself. So, I drew surrender and trust. Mm-hmm. It is as if a strong current of rushing water surrounds you, pushing you forward while you cling desperately to a jutting rock along the river's edge. And yet, if you were to trust the universe enough to let go, you would swirl and slide joyfully along your most ideal path. Even though you may not know precisely how this path will look, if you consult with your deepest inner knowing, you will realize this current cannot fail to propel you where to where your heart wants to go. To the ocean, which is a metaphor for your alignment with your divine source. The planets, too, know this perfect dance of surrendered harmony. You are now being called to open your heart to the music of the heavenly realm, release resistance and tension, and let the divine be your dance partner and take the lead. Love it. All right. Well, we hope this is all helpful and you have a wonderful week. Sending love, everyone. Thank you for listening. I bet you didn't think this was going to go this way.